Hello, I'm Terry Schultz and I am channeling Brussels. Getting newsmakers, movers and shakers to lose the lingo, burst out of the Brussels bubble, and have real conversations about the critical foreign and security policies shaping our world. It's the rest of the story, beyond the few seconds of sound bites that make it into the news. This week's Channeling Brussels is brought to you by the Atlantic Council. And joining me for this Channeling Brussels is Lithuanian Defense Minister Raimundas Karablis, whom I managed to corner at a coffee break at the Munich Security Conference, which is why it's a little loud in the background, and I apologize for that. At the conference, we'd heard nothing indicating there's going to be rapprochement between the U.S. and Russia over the Intermediate Nuclear Weapons Treaty, the INF, and China had made clear it wasn't interested in joining some wider agreement on nuclear arms control. So things are looking pretty bleak, which is, Minister Karoblis explains, the view Vilnius has had for a long time now. Minister Karoblis, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that we are now in this six-month, now more like five-month waiting period before the U.S. will formally decide to pull out with no Russian compliance with the INF Treaty. Lithuania, right next to Kaliningrad, couldn't be closer to the hot spot here, one of the hot spots here. Is your country as nervous as some of, as Germany, France, some of the other allies about what might happen next? Well, really, we are nervous about security situation already since the war in, in, in Georgia already. So, and of course, this uh, was the even more uh, complicating situation with the annexation of Crimea and, and the start of aggression in the east of Ukraine. We see what Russia is doing. But really, so far, its nuclear threats is not new one. And first of all, we are targeted by tactical nuclear weapon, so which is uh, the range of up to 500 kilometers. And now, in particular, from last February, we, we have a deployment of uh, the missiles which are capable to carry on tactical nuclear weapon. And this could be the nuclear weapon itself could be bring, uh, could be brought to Kaliningrad in any time when it's necessary. So for us, it's not new situation at all. But of course, for, for, for Western Europe, I very much understand the concerns, public concerns, that it is really new, absolutely security situation. But on the other hand, what really to do when one country, uh, one uh, global power is not implementing its, its own commitments already for, for, for years? Of course, uh, such uh, treaty, INF treaty, is not sustainable anymore. And uh, there are probably no other choices than to say that if Russia is not implementing fully this, this agreement, that it's, it's no sense to continue with that indeed, and to say very op op openly to the public the real threats which exist on this issue. Well, finally, Germany and France have come around. Um, they did some of their own intelligence reconnaissance and yeah. came to the same conclusion that, that the U.S. did. The Trump administration made a tactical decision to share more intelligence with allies than the Obama administration did, which, you know, helped bring around the views on this. There, there is still a difference of opinion about what's best to do next. I mean, if you declare the INF null and void, I mean, what keeps allies like you safer? The U.S. has said it's going to now start sketching out what it would do next. Um, what would you like to see? I mean, do you feel do you feel more protected if the U.S. builds up its arsenal? Of course, we would not be interested in the arms race. 
But on the other hand, of course, it's it's really wider question that NATO alliance needs to concentrate on technology, new technological development. During NATO's ministerial, we got the very clear message of the alliance that uh, the United States and generally NATO will not deploy new nuclear uh, capabilities in Europe. I really don't know what what kind of developments will be on on other assets, but yes, it's uh, nukes is one of the of the capabilities. Uh, of course, of, 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 of NATO as the deterrence measure. So it's, 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 it's absolutely about that. It's not uh, the, the new aspect. So from time to time we have discussions on that. So this is reality. But some technological measures, some uh, new systems which could counter the nuclear threats, of course, should be this logic that they should be developed. The European nuclear powers do not participate in this discussion about advancing their arsenals. I think that it's possible to speak about uh, really specific measures and to increase the capabilities, not increasing the nuclear arsenal as such, actually. But really, I think it's uh, this, this is really the, the wide issue and the need uh, not only about nuclear, but uh, the need of the continue and even increase the, the investment to, to the research and development military related to the new systems and already so compare with what is developed by Russia but in particular by China and compare with NATO countries uh, so including United States I'm not speaking about nuclear but I'm speaking in general on the military the systems well we have really quite quite gloomy picture indeed so so far. Chancellor Merkel called here for um, China to be included in any broader arms control agreement. And China so far, uh, as I understand it, has not expressed much interest. I mean, why would you? When you have no constraints on you, it doesn't make much sense politically to agree to to limit that. Um, Where do you think things will go? Will this be a European position um, that that China needs to be included? And, And what kind of pressure would you have on Beijing as Europeans? Well, it is the question indeed. So I have it's it's for my actually own actually how to how to press China and and, and to get on board. So far, we received a very 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 clear response from even even yesterday from Chinese representative said that it's it's bad that INF treaty is, is in the process of of denunciation, but he said that they are not eager to join such such a format because these capabilities are necessary for for the security in the region. So I quote, and and this is the kind of problem. China is a real player here, including on nukes. But first of all, at least from our perspective, I think, and from European perspective, the major risk is, is Russia. But do you think it's a, it's a, the onus is on the Europeans? You have uh, good trade relationships with China, in fact, increasing trade relations with China. Not always good. There's a lot of dumping <laughs> issues. Um, but do you think that this is something where, where Europe could, could play a bigger role in arms control globally? Well, I think yes, but but uh, really the question indeed, what kind of instruments we could, could find. Speaking uh, about uh, China in general, so this uh, China issues appeared also from the security point of view, and for example in NATO, Defense Ministerial it was discussed uh, very well. And unfortunately sometimes we are mixing the, the threats actually, so let's say 
Iran and North Korea together with, with Russia and China. And so from time to time, thinking in public, it's getting confused actually by that. And uh, really, first of all, we need to have the hierarchy of the threats and really like short-term threats, intermediate threats. Um, Immediate threats are, for example, North Korea, Iran, the situation what we have in Syria, maybe Afghanistan and similar. The medium threat and conventional, absolutely conventional, uh, is, is, is Russia. And, uh, and for that, uh, NATO is, is adjusting so the new situation, fulfilling the reforms and, and additional measures. And long term threat, which is not conventional, but first of all through the competition, is uh, China. And from this, it's, it's not, uh, we are not speaking about direct uh, conventional confrontation, but it's more, most of all about the global competition and plus, of course, uh, containing general issues like state-owned system and, and subsidies, intellectual property matters, which, which, which is really very important, and other aspects. So having in mind that, so we really need to deal specifically with all these three sets of the, of the threats including, of course, China. And additional to that, China is, yes, it is the issue of the IT and, and the communication sector. Here, of course, we need to have more thorough examination and more work of, of intelligence of the, of the existing threats and also to get the solution. Because 5G, yes, it it's, could be a challenge for, 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 for Europe. Do you think the, U the U.S. and Europe will be on the same side on this, on the Huawei um, discussion? Because right now they're not, and, and this is another area where the U.S. is pressing uh, Europeans to, um, to be more concerned about Huawei than they are. Uh, yeah, actually maybe it's a it's, uh, different level of the understanding of the threats. So some countries, they are uh, already now decided to limit the presence of Huawei because of the provision of the law of the Chinese companies to cooperate with Chinese intelligence. Yeah, well, it's its political aspect. Other countries, uh, so they want uh, to have more uh, substantive technology evidences regarding the risks related with, with technologies. So, but uh, really concerns are, I think, uh, from, from all, almost all countries of the, of the alliance. So we, ha we have uh, different understanding because of the EU, either it's political, legislative and related with intelligence as such, or actually technological, and really we need to work more and uh, to discuss whether the precautionary principle, not having yet so far, I, I, I believe that we will get in the future, but so far we do not have uh, sufficient technological evidences how to limit to use of the communication services for civil purposes, at least it's the view from, from our side, from my country. What happens next? We wait five months, and in the meantime, Putin says, I have hypersonic missiles nobody can touch. You know, you're sitting a few miles away from the Iskanders. If you're a Lithuanian, a member of the Lithuanian public, how do you feel right now, and what do you hope is the next step? Well, first of all, we hope that the deterrence will work. And for that, uh, well, we have already the present NATO mechanisms, including enhanced forward presence under leadership of Germany and others. We have uh, almost all 
NATO nations in the in the Baltics and Poland in the most exposed region and we You think the, EFP helps against a nuclear it, threat? Well, it, nuclear is one of the, of the capabilities in general so it's our our aim should be to avoid any kind of of, of conflict any kind of war and for that so the deterrence is really 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 necessary. What uh, and and for us we don't expect that we will get solutions, any solutions, on tactical nuclear weapons. Or enough, maybe some miracles could happen. And this five months, it's also for the diplomats, of course, to try to solve this issue and force Russia to implement. But uh, but let's let's let let's try. But really, for the tactical weapons, yes, it's one of my dreams, but only very dreams that uh, we would address uh, so the tactical nuclear we- weapon in the same manner as mid-range. Or, or, or strategic, but unfortunately, it's, it's 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 not the case, and this is our situation: having Iskanders and tactical possibility to have tactical weapons in Kaliningrad. Will you try to open discussions on these weapons also once we get over this sort of well, INF crisis? At least we are raising these issues. We are raising this issue that it's it's really the the. the common threat actually for all Europe, not only from the for the Western part. For us it's most tactical for the rest of Europe, it's it's intermediate range. My thanks to Lithuanian Defense Minister Raimundas Karablis with the view from Vilnius looking ahead to the likely collapse of the INF Treaty in just a few months' time. Thanks to the Atlantic Council for sponsoring Channeling Brussels. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Terry Schultz. Join me next time. <laughs>